Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back in today. You can always find us over at pathtozion.com or of course here on our YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, and join into the conversation if you would like. Um, send us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. We still check it regularly. If you email us, we will read it and probably respond in 48 hours should you do so. Um, we'd like to communicate with anybody who's watching. Um, feel free to share your opinion, your perspective, and uh, any opposing views you may have, because that is how we arrive at truth the best that we can. So you are welcome to do that. Now let's get right into today's program. It will be several parts, so we better get to it as usual. And I titled this, as you already see, Something Every Man Needs. Something Every Man Needs. Eyes to See. That if we look at every human being that ever was and ever is now here on the earth and ever will be in generations that will follow us, something that every single human being needs are eyes to see. And so what we're going to do, and I'll explain this a little bit as we go, is we're going to look at a lot of scriptures that talks about this mystery of, of, of a man being made capable of seeing things that he could not see before. The, the word of Elohim is full from beginning to end about examples of men, spiritually speaking, who were given eyes to see. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that, and it's going to culminate maybe in a way that, that will challenge some of you um, towards how you hold this, um, specifically towards other people. Um, and so kind of put that over here to the side. Let's examine ourselves first, and uh, let's, let's join into uh, Yeshua who is in a very interesting circumstance, Luke chapter 24. And, and he, he, he's on this road called Emmaus, and, and he sees these two men, and they're talking about himself. And he is asking some questions. He, he kind of walks up beside them and says, Hey, who, I'm, I'm kind of overhearing your conversation. Who are you guys talking about? And it's very, it's almost comical in the sense of these men are informing Yeshua about this man, Yeshua, this Messiah man, um, and, and the mysteries that surrounded him and who he was and what he did. And they're somewhat confused and perplexed. Things did not go as they had thought they would go or, or as they expected or even had hoped. Um, because what? As we are, they're just, you know, they're just confused men and uh, didn't really get the, the fullness of what they had been told. Um, so let's just read a couple verses. Again, Luke chapter 24, 44 and 45 specifically. Then Yeshua said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. Everything written concerning me in the Torah of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he, Yeshua, opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. To understand the capital S scriptures, which let's just be clear, and I'm not being, I'm not trying to be funny, but this has to be mentioned because we have a, a wide range of belief systems that tune into the program here. The scriptures that existed then were the Older Testament, which is why he said the Torah of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. He he was talking about being a fulfillment of those things. And, and right after that, he opened the minds of those men to understand the Scriptures, okay? He didn't open their, their mind to understand the letters of Paul. They didn't exist. Not the, the, the John the Revelator's uh, recordings about a future tense, yet-to-come prophecy had not been written. Okay, so we have to understand. 
Yeshua has come. He has lived a, perf- a perfect life, um, obeying the Torah of his Father, fulfilling the, the law and the prophets and the Psalms that were written about him in, in a million ways pointing to Messiah. And he opens their minds to these things via the capital S scriptures, okay? He did not open their minds to a new religion gospel that had just appeared because he died and rose again and Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, which is later, but we're, we're not, this is, an es, is not eschatology. You know what I'm saying. He, he is opening their minds to something that preceded all of them. Why? For a fulfillment in his current condition understanding, okay? So let's just get to what I have written down before I start just rambling again. So when we see Yeshua, he, he is obviously our, our, our incredible Messiah when we see him now. But when we read about him in today's text, he has led a life of self-denial. He resisted the adversary when he was on the earth um, using what? The scriptures and his surrendered will, intimately acquainted, inseparable. Um, that was his weaponry, okay? His, his denied will, his... His, um, I'm trying to think of a big word, but he was set to be found obedient to his father's instruction, righteous to the utmost, righteous deeds, okay? And standing upon that, his surrendered will as a, as a suffering servant, and quoting the capital S scriptures, he, he lived a life and then pinnacle moments that you and I have not known of literally standing beside the adversary overlooking the earth, and he stood, and his weaponry again was the capital S scriptures and his denied will. He laid down his life unto death. He conquered death in the grave, and he's, he's soon leaving earth to ascend to his lofty abode, okay? And, and in this mysterious middle here of his time on the earth in, in a very unique con- condition— post-resurrection, he encounters two of his disciples walking down the road, and he interjects himself into their ongoing conversation about himself. (laughs) And what does he do? What is it he reveals? Okay, this is very important, friend. This is very important, especially if we're trying to continue to shake off the dust of of New Testament-only doctrine that replaced everything that preceded. And we, we, of course, have been handed, as we talk about all the time on the program, a gospel that started in Acts, started with the first church, um, or a Pauline gospel that was different. That good news was different than the good news that was preceding Yeshua. Um, so this, is a, this, this little moment, this little snapshot in time is very important, I believe, for us to understand what Yeshua is promoting as necessary for those who would come and follow him in his likeness in this is this little mediator condition he's in right now okay he's not left the earth yet but yet he's still not in his former all physical natural condition it's a very interesting peek into this this little in between moment here i believe and what is it again he reveals what does he point them to To use the Greek words rightly, he opened their minds and understanding thoroughly that had been previously closed. Okay, I'm going to really hit home on this here in a minute because this is very important, I believe. 
Um, okay, so again, when, when we read this word that he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, again, the, the understanding of the way that was, this was written can be said, quote, he opened their minds and understanding thoroughly that had been previously closed, closed, closed. Okay, open, closed. <laughs> and, and I asked myself, okay, what? Wait a minute. Didn't these men literally walk with Yeshua? Like in the natural, they walked beside the Emmanuel God-man? What in the world did they miss? Or what did they not understand? Or what did they not see about the scriptures? Like they literally they walked alongside the scriptures, right? In a, in a bodily form. So, but if we, if we scrutinize the text, which I think is right, um, to be a pattern for our lives, there was something that had been previously closed closed that until this point they could not see. They could not understand rightly. And so didn't they know Messiah already? I'm asking myself all these questions when I was going through this text. Didn't they already know Messiah? So what could they possibly be lacking? And so this verse, interestingly to me, inserts the first mention of the word open. In the Newer Testament. Um, and what is the first, and I love doing this, and if you watch the program, you know, we always hop back and forth, and we and we look back to the, the Hebrew equivalent of these words, and the first mention of open in the Older Testament Hebrew is quite interesting because it pops up where? Of course, Genesis, but more specifically, in the Garden of Eden, where humanity was what? He, he and she they were baited into having their understanding opened via their own will in their own way. Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, when they, of course, partake of the tree. And what happened? They wanted to ascend to Elohim status. By what? Denying Father's ways. I find this very interesting as we look at these kind of set side by side. Our natural parents, Adam, first Adam, he could have stood upon the word and resisted, but did not. Last Adam, not the second now, last Adam, Yeshua, stood upon the word of his father in the capital S scriptures, thereby doing what he said to these men. You've, 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 you've already heard of these things that were written concerning me in the Torah of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, so that they can be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to the scriptures. And again, something that was formerly previously closed. All right. Yeshua, the last Adam, redeemed the rebellion of our natural fathers as he perfectly fulfilled the Torah, prophets, and Psalms that preceded his incarnation. Then these two men who are walking alongside Messiah, as we hear today, had a moment. We must have a moment, a literal encounter with Yeshua himself, the living Torah, where our understanding is opened to something, capital S, that was previously closed. I believe this is what Yeshua accomplished, and that's why the first thing he went to when he encountered these two brothers on the road, that he went straight there. I think that's why. He literally had become a manifestation of revelation to all who would receive Father's way via the Torah and the Prophets through Yeshua's invitation to join oneself with him. Okay, that's a mouthful. Yeshua, 
And I already said this just a minute ago in a little bit, a little bit different way, but let me just read what I have written here for clarity. Yeshua, when he could have opened their understanding to any number of things, opened it to the scriptures. Okay? Please, let us just sit and meditate on that for a moment. No matter where all of us are with our doctrinal understanding, what's the good news? What is the gospel? What was the function of Yeshua? What was his purpose? Was he this? Was he that? Which I have a lot of questions that I'm going, I'm just digging through right now. Using the word alone as my textbook. But again, Yeshua, in this moment, in this instance, in Luke chapter 24, again, in this very interesting time span, this very interesting blip in his, his life, his earthly interaction, we could say, he could have opened the understanding to any number of things to these men. But he opened it to the scriptures, friend. In fact, he told them this specifically in a few sentences just before, everything written concerning me in the Torah and Moses and prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. Meaning what? He's lining it up. He's saying, all these things, friend, have led you to right here. And then what am I going to do with what has led me to right here and led you to me right here? I'm going to open your understanding to something that before was closed. And he gave these men eyes to see. Yeshua, of course, knew that all that preceded him was the foundation of his cornerstone function. Okay, let me say that again. Yeshua knew that every single thing he just named here that preceded him was the foundation of his cornerstone function. Okay? He was fine with his function, friend. He did not need to come and open these, these eyes, the, men, the, the eyes of these men. He didn't need to illuminate their eyes towards his replacement theology or a new doctrine that he came up with and now could institute into the earth post-resurrection. He opened their eyes, friend, to something ancient, something that preceded him. And I believe this is very important as we talk about something every man needs. Eyes to see. It would do the body well today to realize that the scriptures themselves, not just the Newer Testament alone, that had not yet even been penned, was entirely sufficient to open men's understanding to the entire purpose of Yeshua's life. We could chew on that for a few hours. Perhaps we too, all of us here in this age, especially of, of post-Constantine Christianity, perhaps we could use ourselves a moment of revelation from Yeshua himself to open our understanding to the Scriptures. For they're the same then, now, and forever, as we're told. So what of... We who, on at least some level, have had a revelation of the Scriptures. Many of us have. Many have not. But at least some of us are on the map somewhere, right? Hopefully that is you as well, friend, as you go about your journey of, of studying the Word of Elohim. A few weeks ago, I was reading Psalms. Chapter 34, specifically, and I moved on from there. It was somewhat random. Verse 8 tells us this, taste and see 
that what? That Yahweh is good. He is tov. That's why what he created was tov, good. Because that is what the creator who is good does. <laughs> it goes on to say, how blessed is the man who takes refuge in him, who makes, who makes Yahweh creator, who is tov, his refuge. I read this and I, and I pondered towards my, my own desire for myself, for my family, to taste and to see. And then I landed in Psalm 119, uh, 17 and 18. We talk about 119 here on the program all the time. It's chock full of things that, that would do us really well to just meditate on pretty much every day. And, and I'm going to switch gears a little bit here into uh, another facet of what I want to um, present to us who maybe would say that our, that our eyes have been opened to the Scriptures in any measure at all, even a little bit, in humility, even though my eyes have been opened to the scriptures in the ancient way, it, it is a it is uncharted territory. I have to, like I I've been told that that the scriptures were pink, and now my eyes have been opened and I see the scriptures are black. You understand, just metaphorically speaking. And so I have to keep remembering. <laughs> I have to remind myself. Okay, they're not pink. They're not pink. I've inherited the traditions of my fathers, and they told me that the scriptures were pink, but they're not. And I have to continually um, relearn and unlearn so many things as I go through this journey, as, as most of us have to do. And so what do we do if, if we are ones who consider that our eyes have been opened somewhat to the scriptures? Psalm 119, 17 and 18 states this, Do good to your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes so I may behold wonders from your Torah. Okay? We're going to get to more of that later and why I bring that up. I'm going to kind of bring this verse back around for the culmination of this um, topic. But do good to your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes so I may behold wonders from your Torah. That's a pretty good prayer, right? That's something that I'm trying to say with regularity in my life and in my household. Now, one of the greatest mysteries ever, ever to me, is why some have eyes to see and others do not. This is a very, very strange thing, isn't it? it I mean, what, no matter where we are on the spectrum of beliefs and doctrines, I have heard in, in some flavor for the last probably 20 years, different people saying it in different ways, which is why do, why do we or why do I understand something in the word and, and somebody else like, ah, I don't get that, or I don't see it that way, or, or I don't even think that's true. What is this mysterious thing um, that having eyes to see even is? Um, and so we're going to talk about that for just a little bit. But whether we're speaking of non-believers um, who just don't see, and you may present the, to them the, the full gospel, hopefully, and not just the the New Testament gospel um, that we've been handed, but the full gospel, the best we can understand it today. So whether we're speaking of non-believers who, who we would try to, to deliver the, the word of Elohim correctly to, for them to look upon, or referencing those who have merely embraced the traditions of our fathers and follow a new you know, Pauline gospel that says that we're free from Torah and we're feast and Sabbath are no more, what, no matter who we're talking about, it's a mystery why some can see and others cannot. It, isn't that strange? It makes no sense. Um, some people that, that I know and love that just like love 
love the Lord and and love the Word and study and teach even. Um, but man, you you start bringing up anything about the things we talk about with regularity here, and I am not being harsh or anything. I'm just being factual. They do not have eyes to see. I don't understand it. Why did we not have eyes to see? You know, you we probably all had these conversations in one form or another. Why did I read Ezekiel 25 years ago and see nothing that I see now? Why did I read the prophecies of Jeremiah about what the new covenant even is and never understand it rightly before? Again, I would go back to the metaphor I just gave you, which is, well, I was told that the scriptures are pink. I was told the Older Testament is pink. In it's not. <laughs> and that is a lot of reasoning behind why we land where we do and our eyes remain closed. But that's kind of a whole other uh, road that we're not going to take necessarily in this topic today. But it's a mystery, isn't it? Why some can see and others don't. It's a mystery even why we, in whatever measure now, in whatever increment now, we have been given eyes to see, but Five years ago, 10, 20, 30, I didn't see that. Why? I don't understand. Well, you and people will quickly say sometimes, well, you made a decision to surrender your will and you made it. Yes, of course, we have. It, it does fall upon our, our, our level of obedience. Of course, yes. And our heart's posture of true humility, like humility to the utmost, not just humility until you get to my doctrine. I mean, true abandon to the Scripture's humility. Yes, it's dependent upon us. I, I agree with that, yes. And there's something supernatural about it that is quite mysterious that seems in many ways equally so beyond me, beyond us. It is a gift, as I constantly remind myself and others that are in my life, look, any kind of truth that we possess... It's because Father has given us eyes to see. It's not our own possession. It's not anything we've earned. Even with hours of study and, and meditation and prayer and asking the Father, and when I say meditation, I mean upon the word of Elohim, like studying and thinking through and allowing it to provoke questions in me. That's what I mean in case you're concerned at what I just said. It's mysterious to me why some see and others do not. So with this mystery in mind... I spent, I spent several hours looking into scriptures that talk about this mystery of seeing. And so what I'm going to do is we'll end this part here, and I'm going to read three pages of verses. And we'll just bring it to part two. We'll only be two parts on this. Um, but what we're talking about is something that every single man needs. And what is that, friend? Well, Yeshua, of course, yes. But unless you have eyes to see, there's no sense in seeing Yeshua. I remember, now I'm going to get off on this, but just to bring this part one to a conclusion today. Um, it's a Paul Washer message I listened to 15 plus years ago. And he talked about how when men, if we can, how preachers would say, if we can just get men to see Jesus, everything would be fine. If we can just reveal Jesus to them. And man, this, this, this stuck with me so good back then, so much so that it's right here today. He said, no, friend, that isn't enough. Because when people see, when a man has scales that fall from his eyes and they say, see Jesus, he said, when they see Yeshua for who he is, they're going to hate what they see. They're going to hate what they see. They're going to see their own depravity as they look upon his perfection. 
And so that that seeing is not merely enough. They need to have hearts postured in humility so that they're drawn to what they see instead of driven away like the Bible talks about. What? Some will be drawn in and some will be pushed out by what they see. And friend, this is, this is what has to be held so perfectly in what I'm presenting here. Something that every man needs is eyes to see, and it has to parallel with a heart that's postured in humility and lowliness, or what we see will not matter. But what I am saying is, according to the word of Elohim that we're, that we're looking at, and we'll do so much more in part two here, these, these men that Yeshua encountered, specifically to our text in Luke chapter 24, they were postured to have their eyes, their minds their, their, their understanding opened to understand the scriptures in a way that they had not been able, able to previously. They were before previously closed to what Yeshua presented to them. So likewise, all of us need to take a real hard heart check and say, am I postured in humility to receive Messiah for who he is, period? That's going to point us to the study that's going to absolutely be next year before I get to, and it posts, uh, points us back to what we just finished the other day, talking about who? King Josiah, and how he was a man who was right in Yahweh's eyes. He didn't look to the left, or he didn't look to the right, until he what? Found the Torah scroll, and he said what? I'm on my face, covered with ashes, rending my clothes. Why? We are a rebellious people, and Yahweh is infuriated with us because we've been living according to the traditions of our fathers instead of the traditions of the Torah. That's almost a quote. That is what he did, and that's what we presented in the last study that we did here. Likewise, we must be people like Josiah to continue that train of thought who are, who are willing to look upon Yahweh's ways, the capital S scriptures, the foundation that the cornerstone Yeshua was set upon and allow it to perform and accomplish its work just like it did with these brothers walking on the road who encountered Yeshua and didn't even know it. All right, so what are we talking about? Something that every man needs. That is, I believe, eyes to see. You're watching the Path to Zion podcast. What are we doing? We're rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning in. Come back for part two right after this. Amen.